Hi, everyone, and welcome to And Still We Rise, highlighting everyday stories of Black excellence during the COVID-19 era. And my next guest is probably one of the multifaceted, most multifaceted people I've ever encountered. She is a writer. She takes in strays, human and animal form. (laughs) She... Heart of Gold can write anyone under the table. She's a professor, mother, glam mod. She does it all. And she always does it with a smile on her face. And I must say, she has the most beautiful skin I have ever seen. (laughs) Not a blemish in sight. It is like Hershey chocolate in the human form. Um, not only is she gorgeous and beautiful and smart, but she's also a wonderful human being. And she is a dear friend of mine, Miss Shalisa McNeil Burgess. So the reason why I have Miss Burgess on is because she is creating a line of jewelry that will help people like me and so many of you listeners. I am a furnace. I may be a human and I function properly, but I'm always hot. So the beautiful Shalisa had a dream, which she'll get into, and she'll explain how she's creating these jewels. So without further ado, Miss Shalisa McNeil Burgess, how are you, Shalisa? I am fine, and I don't even know how to respond to that beautiful opening. I was like, who is she talking about? I've been... (laughs) Other than the animal farm, like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you take in the strays. I mean, you took me in. I mean, we'll go into that later, but Shalisa <laughs> always opens her home. I'm surprised, like, you know, the state hasn't come. <laughs> Which is so yet. funny, right, Maya? Because, you know, I'm like an extroverted introvert and not necessarily that social sort of like you. And that's so interesting. So that means you were special because everybody can't say they got to stay at Shalisa's house. Like, that's not true. And I never <laughs> left my bedroom. It was kind of weird. It was like, <laughs> well, that's, yes. And that too, like, you know, it's like, oh, how are we going to communicate? We not. We going to text. We invite the two other rooms, but we both here. Uh, but uh, yes, I, I, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a time. But uh, okay, whatever works, you know, you everybody know grown. Exactly. Everything ain't for everyone. And I'm definitely one of those unique people. So for anyone to be a friend of mine, that they're touched by the good hands above. But uh... <laughs> No, Maya, you're always been smart young woman and, Thank you know, you. and the, look at what you're doing now. So making your way in this life and just getting through all of the difficulties and traumas we all go through as Black people, not just Black women. Yeah. So I, I applaud you, too. And thank congratulations you. on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And especially since COVID-19, um, the main focus of this podcast is to highlight Black excellence because for centuries we have been... Everything that we do, we're just the bomb. We are just amazing. We are just the light of the world. And we have been enslaved. We've been downtrod. We've been mistreated, have been, and currently still are being. And we just always manage to rise to the top. And I just think it's so important that that's highlighted because it's not always highlighted. And most importantly, it's not appreciated. 
And I think that True. we need to show the world, like we already know we're the bomb, but you know, with <laughs> lies and deception and people only believing what they read, which is not factual, you know, I felt it's my duty as a black woman in this world to not only entertain the masses, but inform the mm-hmm. masses. Get, mm-hmm. let, me, let me give them a couple of our secrets, especially since they like to steal ours so much. But that's a whole nother topic. So <laughs> I want to get on the Cooling Jewels. And the name of your project is? Fria. Which means cold in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be free. I'm going to be cold in every language, okay? Because I'm always... We know. I've never met anybody <laughs> like you, Maya. I'm like, if people really know you, I'm like, she honestly, straight facts will go out in the middle of winter in a snowstorm in Bellarmine Flats with no socks. Like, she will do it. And knock on, no hat. Yep. Knock on wood. No ankle or foot issues. Like, I have... Yeah, not- thank the Lord, because I'm like... <laughs> I don't even understand how she navigating that, like, you know, half a foot of snow that's out there in the little ballerina shoes. And remember, you had to walk from the train station to the house. Which is a 20-minute walk. It's, it's a nice little walk, it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's an extra nice walk when it's cold outside. So she is, without a doubt, a different kind of woman. <laughs> hot body, literally, like, inside and out, hot body. But, um, so Freya, I want you to explain to us the story behind Freya, and it started as a dream, correct? Well, it started as, uh, I too was a furnace. Um, I was hot all the time because I'm a woman of a certain age, and that uh, dreaded time life, and I don't think it should be dreaded, but it is, uh, called menopause, Mm -hmm. was kicking my butt. And so I woke up one morning um, after a night of misery and hot night sweats and just being Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with the idea of cooling jewels. And I was like, wow, cool jewels. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that going to be? I swear, I don't know what it was going to turn out to be. But I just thought um, as I continued to mull the thought in my mind, and everything starts with a thought, that... I am a woman of a certain age, but I'm not done yet. You know, I'm still vibrant. I'm still uh, attractive. At least I am to some people. (laughs) um, I still consider myself relevant and um, fashionable and sexy. And there's nothing that I saw on the market that gives women any such opportunity to be any of that. Like if you are this age, every every time you would see a commercial for anything relative to menopause, it was always like a frumpy lady in an oversized sweater, um, overweight, just like, you know, and like, I don't look nothing like that. And neither do any of the beautiful women um, accomplished that I call my friends. Like we need to be able to still be us and address these symptoms in a way that doesn't you know, uh, adversely affect our biology because it's an inevitable time of life. It's If you're a woman, it's going to happen. Now, you may be one of the lucky 
20 to 25 percent who don't get hot flashes. Mind you, I think about 80 percent of women say they don't get it or they never went through menopause, which is crazy to me. Um, But that's the stigma. And um, I just wanted to still be able to be beautiful, be adorned, be accessorized and have something to address the uncomfortable symptoms. And so that's how Freya was created. Okay, so we have Freya, we have the cooling jewels, but you're like a conglomerate. So <laughs> she's a, she's working on the book. I mean, like she has finished the book. The yeah. book is finished. I oh just didn't. Uh, I just haven't um, finished authorizing the publishing because I actually have a publisher, but I wanted to. I want the publishing of the book to coincide with the launch of the product. Wow. Okay. So Freya, just so people know, it's cooling jewels, like you said. So they're not going to be one of those uh, pieces, the frumpy pieces you'll find at like a Chino's or one of those places. They're going to be like hotness. And like these are Swarovski crystals. Like these are not. Well, more than Swarovski crystals, Swarovski is my design partner. So they're designing the jewelry and using their crystal elements to help to adorn it so that's the beautiful part of it it's not created or designed by a lay person who don't know nothing about designing jewelry I'm fortunate to have had a relationship with them over the last four years um, that uh, based on what through my uh, former partner who also was in the jewelry business for 30 years she's amazing shout out to Karen Webster and um it was it, having this relationship allows the vision of what Freya should be manifest because they know all the ways to make a pretty bracelet or a pretty necklace. And our job is to figure out how we effectively incorporate the tech, which is passive. It only requires a little cold water to activate um, and um, anything that's on your wrist or your neck, which are your primary cooling zones. Um will cool you down if you're overheating. If you put something cold, just like a cold bottle of water on your wrist or your neck, when you're overheating, it'll cool the blood down. You'll get a cooling effect. Same concept. I need a freezing effect. I just want to be... (laughs) I don't want to... I want an iceberg cold, but I... (laughs) When you talked about this, but I remember when you had the dream, and I was just like, oh man, if she could get this to market like yesterday, because I am always hot one of the weird you and a whole bunch of other women <laughs> the funny thing about it is when i came back from thailand i don't know whether mm-hmm. thank you lord the flashes stopped like i don't sweat <laughs> so, oh I gosh you should was, be glad girl i don't know if it was the change in uh environment the fact that i had to go to the other side of the world to just knock some things back into balance i'm not sure but I'm still going to buy some because you just never You probably know. went over there and ate healthy food without any kind of, you know, contaminants and your your body <laughs> chemistry went back to normal. It's probably like, hey, you're not putting junk in your body and your body responds. <laughs> I believe that our bodies are designed to heal themselves. That's what they created to do. And if you help it, it will help you. So um, that's why I don't believe in like hormone replacement therapy or anything that's going to try and stop a normal organic biological function. I'm like, no, these things need to take place because this is part of the process of 
of uh, aging. You know what? I, I honestly think because it was like a two negatives make a positive because I'm always so hot and Thailand is always so hot. When I merged <laughs> with the environment, it canceled each other out. I was like, oh, we got to go. You know, so like since you're always so hot, bam, we're gonna make it positive and cool y'all. <laughs> so I'm not complaining about that. Just so uh the listeners know, I am speaking to Miss Shalisa McNeil Burgess, who is the CEO of Freya, quote unquote uh sorry, cooling jewels, but also Shalisa, in addition to being the CEO of Freya. She has a professional career that spans public relations, marketing, professional writing, collegiate level teaching. She is literally a Jill of all trades. And so I just wanted to give the listeners a lead. And so what has led you down this career path being an entrepreneur slash solopreneur to you just basically dictating your own rules and saying, I'm going to do this because this makes me happy and to hell with what <laughs> everyone thinks. You know, I think that part of it is it's always been my desire to be responsible for my own destiny. So I'm not <laughs> because I told you I'm in a uh, uh, extroverted introvert. Mm -hmm. I don't always seem in, in sync with certain types of corporate environments because I don't handle fakeness. Well, <laughs> corporate and America so, rule number one, gotta be fake. <laughs> how to be fake. And when you are a black woman and you have some level of intelligence and you work in certain organizations, you are exposed to subtle and not so subtle microaggressions every day, all day. It's taxing and debilitating. We often do jobs because they pay us money and we have responsibilities. I had kids, right? So I had to work and I had to figure out what my gifts were so I can use those gifts to work. Um, I love teaching because when you get to see the that person who you have helped to transform their thinking actually come to some new aha moment, that's satisfying for me. So that's why I've been teaching. I've been writing since I was like a little kid because that is my gift. And I just been doing jobs that allowed me to use my gift. But I wasn't always in environments where I felt valued or appreciated. And then... When you have a resume, people look at your resume and decide this is all you can do. And that is the biggest lie ever told. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just what I have done. It doesn't mean that's all I am capable of doing. I have been solving problems my entire life. So I understand the importance of looking at a problem from very critical points and aspects and trying to come up with solutions because problems only need solutions. So deciding to be an entrepreneur was, I guess, the timing that it came in, but I, I've been working for me for a long time, just not in the same capacity as building a business. It's different when you know, like I'm a writer, somebody gives me a writing job, I do the writing, they give me a check. That's, that's one thing. 
But when you are trying to create a product and a business and like a media presence and a social presence and, you know, you're reaching out to customers and all of these other things, that's a whole different dinosaur. So I say that entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Like it's harder than raising teenagers and childbirth. So if you are easily discouraged or if you quit when stuff gets hard, don't do this. (laughs) (laughs) This is is challenging. It'll challenge all your sensibilities. You'll want to give up when things aren't working. Um, I really believe that if I wasn't a woman of color, I would have probably gotten funding a long time ago that would have moved this forward faster. But I also believe that everything has a season Mm -hmm. and everything has its right time to manifest. And so if things don't happen when I thought they were supposed to happen, that's not when they were supposed to happen. Um, so my journey to this is probably the com- culmination of all of my other experiences that you highlighted a little bit. But the truth is, I really want to do what I am organically able to do. I believe that this is a product that's going to help women. And remember, you know, you've been there, Maya. So we tape the show and we don't just deal with the aspect of menopause and the overheating. We deal with the whole woman and that mindset and this midlife and what it encompasses and how it's not women are not necessarily always having a great time of life at this time of life. And I really feel like we should help. We we should help each other do that. Because you're not any less great because you're now what's considered in this anti-aging focused country to be middle age. You're still vibrant. And most of the women who are doing big things like um, Kamala Harris is midlife and she just got nominated for a vice president of the United States. This didn't happen when she was 30. Mm hmm. This didn't happen when she was 25. It doesn't mean that, you know, but now she's got the experience and the know-how and the knowledge and the acumen. All of these things have rolled up to make her qualify at this stage of life. So why is it that we women get to this stage of life and dread it so much? Like what's happening for us is like there's lots of times when women are uh, transitioning. You know, they might be empty nesting because their kids are going away to college or they may be divorcing because men go through midlife crises, too, and think that, oh, I think I need to get the young, vibrant woman instead of this beautiful queen that's been standing by my side and putting up with my crap for a long time. Um, So all of these things are meant to devalue you and you have to find a way to value yourself. And part of it is embracing everything and every part of you. And aging is a part of that. And so now I just want you to be pretty while you're doing it. I'm all about pretty. <laughs> As you know, I turned 40 in July and I, I know. And I pride myself on not having wrinkles. And um, I was listening to some speech and uh, the person was explaining how only 10% of genetics uh, is a contributing factor to your skin everything else is environment, diet, and everything else under the sun. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. look, you cannot tell me this whole melanation situation, okay, is not helping. (laughs) I don't smoke. I don't drink. Shout out to the people who do. I ain't knocking nobody's hustle. 
But um, <laughs> I noticed that when I say my age, like I'm proud to say 40. I, I mean, look, I'm happy for every day I'm on this planet. And for people, I don't want to be 40. Well, don't get mad at me because you're not going to look as good as me. Let me stall because I'm being silly. And lastly, I just want to tell the listeners, like, Shalisa is not some old regular old, like, she is understating her ability because she has authored and written speeches, well, clearly authored speeches for Bill Clinton, former American Express CEO, uh, Ken Chenault, who is Mm African-American. He was the first and only African-American CEO of American Express. And yep. uh, Martin Luther King the third. The third. So mm-hmm. yeah, yep. she's not some old. Oh yeah, I wrote the speech for <laughs> you know uh, what are those people who do the speak a commencement speaker like you've written for heavyweights and Bill Clinton. Well, they're, they're, what's so crazy about them is like Bill Clinton doesn't even know I'm the one who wrote the remarks that he said. <laughs> uh, we were at the Sullivan Summit in Africa, and he had to speak to the presidents of the African nations around the um, AIDS initiative or which he was chairing. And they asked for, you know, remarks for him and I wrote them and then they gave them to his speechwriter. But when I saw him deliver them, I was like, I wrote that. I wrote that. I wrote that. So it's so funny that people may or may not know when, you know, when they work in certain organizations who writes those words, but you know, Ken does, Ken knows because I worked in, American Express and, you know, collaborated with him. And they weren't remarks for him to deliver to the public. They were for a program that we I managed, a, um, a reward and recognition program that um, I managed at American Express that highlighted um, people who went above and beyond for card members at the company. So there's always different capacities in which you deliver remarks. But I do event scripts all the time and I've written remarks for bigger people than that. So, um, look. It just is a gift. (laughs) The mere fact that someone said, hey, excuse me, hi, miss. I need you to do X, Y, and Z for me for this person. Look, it's that's the story of that's part of the Black experience in America. We always do all the legwork and we're never rewarded Mm -hmm. or acknowledged for it. So yeah, because they would not. Bill Clinton could not tell you, oh, Shalisa wrote those words for me. He has no clue. <laughs> he does not know. There, I, you know what? We're going to stick to you. I was about to say something, but we are about Miss <laughs> McNeil Burgess right now, party people. So, yeah, it did. Girl, it don't matter to me. I know I did it, and I saw what he, when he delivered them. So, they may have added some stuff, but I'm like, I wrote those words. That's what I did. And whether he knows or not, it doesn't change the fact that it's something I was tapped to do and it was successful. And so that's all that matters. See, and that's a one. So this is one question I think that everyone would like to know. How has Corona affected your businesses in a positive way and in a negative way? So the negative way is that we were planning to launch over Mother's Day. Um, as a pop-up shop at Menlo Park Mall here in New Jersey. And I was super excited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm finally going to launch. And we had a whole production around it and demonstrations. And then COVID hit. (laughs) And so we had to pivot from that plan. The positive of it is that it gave, I think that delayed is not denied. 
and it gives us more time to hone what we're doing um, in terms of the design of the bracelet, the efficacy of the bracelet. All of those things are probably necessary and maybe so, and I'm, I'm sure that will add to um, the positive impact it has when we do launch in a couple of months and we're going to start online. Um, so it had both a positive and a negative. And I actually don't think the negative is necessarily negative. Um, the other impact um, is that it's not as easy to collaborate when you, everybody's um, quarantined because your mindset changes. Right. Quarantine has changed a lot of mindsets in positive and negative ways. Um, people connected more because you didn't have any choice but to do that. But it was very difficult to focus on certain on other things because you're like, I'm just trying to stay alive. <laughs> I'm just trying not to get the ruler. Okay. <laughs> I, look, yes. I yeah. Everyone knows I was uh, yeah. It, it was pretty crazy, and I live alone, which is great because if I had kids, they probably would have died of some like bleach. Uh, chemical poisoning from the air. You mean you, you would have had some that maybe wash it away, you know, some disinfectant. It was so <laughs> thick that I was scared to open the windows because I'm like, the corona's going to come in my house. And then, you are hilarious. It, oh, it was awful. It, I mean, it still is because I'm just always amazed when I see people walk down the street with no mask and I'm like, this isn't a political issue. This is a life or death issue, but go off. So I believe in the open air. I could have no mask because I walk my dog every day or I go outside to the park and um, it, I don't wear a mask when I'm outside in open air. But when I'm obviously if I'm inside someplace, I always have it on. But I'm like, if I'm walking down the street and there, I'm not in the presence of people. I'm not wearing it because if it's 90 degrees outside, I already said I was high. <laughs> I'm not about to die from, you know, like uh, <laughs> the lack of oxygen. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and some kind of way, you know, it's so crazy. Like the little blue disposable masks, those are the best because you can breathe through those pretty easily. Yeah, they, yeah um, the New York Times, no, I think it was the Post, one of these magazines, and they had the listings and they said the worst one were the bandanas and like the neck yep. ones. They're just like, that's, yep. that's an accessory essentially. It's not blocking anything. It sure, it sure isn't. I think you need, it's just the same kind of filtration on it, right? Yeah. It requires the ability to not let the germs get you come inside, not let your germs go outside. But, you know, I've been walking my dog for obviously all these months and he got to go outside. And I'm like, all right, Bentley, we're going to go outside. And uh, for the most, for gosh, for the first two months, I would be out there and it was like a ghost town. It was nobody else. I'm like, what is other people doing with their dog? They made their dog go in the house. Like, that's disgusting. Um, so, <laughs> um, it was crazy initially. And because I'm an outdoor type person, I just love to be outside. I would go to the beach because there's nobody on the beach. Um, and so now I can watch that ocean and see how big it is and let it be representative of how big my dreams are and the things I want to accomplish and how powerful it is and let it be a metaphor for how powerful I am. So yeah, I, um, I took this time to do a lot of things, a lot of soul searching, a lot of reflecting, a lot of reconnecting, a lot of appreciating the things that you don't ordinarily appreciate. And then realizing all this crap that we think we can't live without you can, you totally can. So yeah, it was, it's been a challenging time, but it's also 
been necessary. And then we got to see a whole lot about other people too, right? Well, so. Yeah. But the thing about <laughs> yeah, the people that we don't discuss on this podcast. Exactly. Because <laughs> we are for <laughs> power to the people. Okay. Power to the people. I think the I always tell people the reason why COVID now people are so over COVID. I totally get it. But it literally affected every single person on this planet yes. there's not one person who yes. has not been affected by it true. and i think true. that that's that so true. telling of how one thing literally changed everyone's life and i think that i'm like wow you talk about something that powerful Oof. Oh, that's another topic but what does the black <laughs> excellence mean to you Oh my God, my! I think that we have been walking black excellence since the day we hit these shores, sixteen nineteen. If we weren't excellent, it wouldn't have been so easy to think that. Wow, that's a strong body right there. It is capable of amazing labor. But more than that, we are resilient, and black excellence shows up in our resiliency. It shows up in our creativity. It shows up in our ability to take a concept and bring it to fruition. Like when I look at you, I see black excellence because God knows my Adam watched you and my cousin and just like y'all travails and, 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 and the growth that everyone has, I have, you have, my children have, that is black excellence, not merely because we're black, but just because we are, you know, like you can, have a thought and bring it to fruition. You can decide you're going to do something and you decided one day I'm going to do a podcast and then you started a podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is feeling like I am not limited just because this world says my skin represents limitation. Black excellence is not allowing somebody else to define you the same way I feel about my resume. I've been um, applying to certain you know, programs and proposals. And uh, oftentimes, you know, people find respect in a bunch of letters behind your name. But how about you can be equally competent without them and maybe sometimes more so because if you have the wherewithal to look critically at a problem and come up with ways to address it that solve it, you know, I didn't need a PhD for that. I just needed the to understand that a problem needed a solution. And I'm seeing that in, in Black people, not just, I don't even think of it as in, from a political standpoint. I'm thinking of it as a human standpoint of women and men right now just deciding I'm going to be who I want to be. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be, you know, um, a billionaire. I'm going to be these things and nobody is going to stop me. That is the resilience of Black excellence. And I'm glad to be a part of it. And I'm glad you're a part of it. Thank you. I just think we're, you know, I always tell people the story of how macaroni and cheese became people like macaroni (laughs) and cheese. And I'm like, yeah, well, the reason why macaroni and cheese is such a statement, especially in the Black community, is because uh, the scraps that were given to the slaves. So whatever mm. the the master, whatever he was doing, I don't even want to call him a master, that, that horrific, unfortunate being would scrape off the plate and give to the slaves. So they would basically have scraps. 
So if there was cheese mm-hmm. and they would take the macaroni. So it, it's not like people like, oh, this is such a delicacy. No, it's not a delicacy. This was a survival meal, you know, and well, that's how we came So with chitlins, but we not eating them now. Well, Maya. Okay. It's no, no disrespect to all them chitlin eating folks. <laughs> shout out to the chitlin eating listeners. I nah, shout out them. to the chitlin eaters. Exactly. I ain't eating that. But, but I, but, but from what I understand, People have made them taste good. That, that sounds lovely. <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> but this girl named Maya, not eating no chitlins. Now, could I say that if I was around back in the 1600s? No. No, you'd have ate whatever they exactly. stuck in front of you. Exactly. But yes, I always thought it was so interesting how the story of macaroni and cheese. And people, are, oh my God, I thought it was something. No, it, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So they just took like the cheese scraps and threw some macaroni together and baked it, and they and had to eat. Really? Yeah, I tell you, we are. We don't thrive in spite of always. It's because of we're just so. I never saw so many people freak out than the non-melanated people did when COVID-19 hit. I can honestly say every single Black friend I know was just like, oh, we used to this. This ain't what we got. (laughs) The only issue was I got to stay in the house, man. I want to be outside. Like you always said, like, I'm going to go outside. But as for having food, um, this is all we have. We're going to make the most of it. We were good. I was not stressed at all. I just wanted to find... Well, that's because, Maya, you a hermit, and I know that this was nothing. You was like, oh, I got to stay in the house. Quarantine. Well, let me just, that's Let me. me order my food and call it a day. Um, I think that we adapt to circumstances because we've had no choice but to adapt to circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that's what allows us to remain um, resilient, even in the harshest of conditions. If you're used to harsh conditions, then when you are, when you encounter them, you just be like, yeah. okay, this is what we doing today. Exactly. <laughs> just- I've never seen so many people, oh my God, buying toilet paper. I'm like, toilet paper? Like The toilet paper apocalypse was real, Maya. You should have seen them people fighting over toilet paper. And, uh, it was so funny. But it, wasn't it was us. So, I was going. It wasn't us. I was like, is it going to be like a poop? Like, are we going to be like, is it, we just going to be like shitting like, uh, like crazy? I didn't understand what the, what the stocking up on the toilet paper was. About, they but, didn't know, know what the stocking up on the toilet paper was. They were just, oh my God, must buy. And I'm just like, man, y'all can't survive shit. You know, it, it's was, just the- it was hilarious. That part was hilarious. I was like, so what are we doing here? They didn't know. And I remember when I went to Lowe's and found them, I was like, let me just get two or three of these packs of toilet paper. And I still got toilet paper. <laughs> One thing that really blew my mind was the whole bleach thing. Because if you went into any oh, store, th- there was no bleach. No bleach. There was and no I'm bleach. just like, first of all, I saw bleach was all gone, but laundry detergent, dish detergent, every detergent was there. I'm like, so you just bleaching everything? Like, did you not bleach your clothes before? Like, what are you people doing? And Yeah, that was really <laughs> crazy to this day. Like, I went into the store and I didn't have any bleach. And they were selling bleach for $4.68. And I said, what does this bleach do? Before, I'm like, I can't. And I got to the register. I'm like, I can't. 
I can't make myself do this. I can't make myself pay almost five dollars for like a half a gallon of half bleach. Not gonna happen. He's like, yeah, it was half a gallon. They was like, this is antibacterial bleach. I said, all bleach is antibacterial. Oh, the germicide. <laughs> okay, I have that. That's because that was the only thing left. But trust me, I'm okay with that. I just don't yeah. understand Girl. how. And now what people are talking about, oh, you're infringing upon my rights. There is no law written on the books that says you must wear a mask. You could go maskless as long, in and everywhere you want to go to. However, if a business owner says you must wear a mask or you're not welcome, sweetie, you're not welcome there. That is the business owner's right to politely turn you away because you are violating their set rules. So you don't have to go yep. to that store. If you don't like it, go someplace else. Keep going until you find what you need. No one cares. Besides, I believe in Darwinism. It, I mean, look, if you want to go out there, of the yeah, <laughs> if you want to test your luck, be my guest. That's less people I have to interact with. You know how I feel about people. So I'm okay. Yeah, we know. <laughs> But you know what, Maya, I just feel like um, I believe you have a right to not wear a mask if that's what you want to do. Then you also have a right to not go in places where um, it's required yeah. so that you're not adversely affecting other people. Exactly. And I, I and, the, and the whole argument that it's the government or whatever. No, the government failed to respond and we got 170,000 people dead more than any ever, uh, every other country. And all the other countries were way above us for a period of time. And when it broke here, it broke like crazy. So yes, um, there should be a human decency that just says out of respect, um, you know, either I'm going to limit my time inside places where masks are required, or I'm just going to wear the damn mask. Wait, <laughs> human Simple. decency in America? I mean, like, come on, like, I'm the black girl who's interviewing black people because of how we're surviving because of all the roadblocks. Up. Like, that's not going to happen. Americans do not listen. They, it's become this political bat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whole nother podcast. Anywho, since you're totally. a very verbose woman, what is your favorite quote? Power concedes nothing without demand. It never has and it never will. Who said that? Frederick Douglass. Okay. I just, I'm asking just so I read, because they're like, ooh, who said that? <laughs> just, just, I'm trying to help out our people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, I mean, so who I heard it from was Dr. Henry Clark, and he was one of our Black Studies professors when I was at City College. Um, but I learned later that it actually was a quote from Frederick Dr. Frederick the Douglas. Lion. Because I would have told you Dr. Clark. I'm like, Dr. <laughs> Clark said. <laughs> it, hey, it's all good. Hey, you learn something new every day. And I'm sure there are going to be some listeners like, I didn't know that. And some will say, I knew that. I know myself. Okay, I got you, sis. Oh, bro, we good. Tell me a random fact about yourself. So the random fact about me that people are usually surprised by is how much I love roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> And you want to know what's so sad about them, Maya? Uh, lately, I went and I wrote one recently, and it made my stomach hurt. And I was like, no, this is not happening to me. I, 
I, I love to be up in the front, the very first front seat because I'm neurotic. But oh, after gosh. Mr. El Toro at Great Adventure, <laughs> yes. I have yes. never been so in fear of my life. Because <laughs> we were there. I remember that. Yes. That was, I thought I was going to fly out that seat and die. And I said, everything that I had done horribly in my <laughs> life was coming back to me. And I was going to meet the most untimely, disgusting demise. I was going to be... Fl- plastered somewhere <laughs> that's what that's what i so it's the <laughs> exhilaration of it all and god knows i know it's gonna like put my stomach in my throat but i still i still love to do it however um, <laughs> uh, my significant other mr cliff and his daughter just went and skydiving the other day <gasps> now <sighs> That's not me. Really? I'm not jumping out the plane. Yeah, oh, I, I, I won't. To. I don't. You skydive, bungee to. jump. Nope. No, I, I don't have to. There's some things that you just got to do, and then some things you don't got to do. And that's on my list of don't got to do's. Nope. Oh my god, it's nothing. You talk about exhilarating. You, it, it's, whew. yeah, mm-hmm. it is something like talking about it gives me chill. It was. El Toro was that was that was oh my god I'm gonna die with the skydiving it was like look at this majestic world like it's so beautiful and oh my god get under me so when we land you you absorb all that momentum and not me (laughs) yeah well they did great they did they had a great time they did great and I applaud them because I love to do Anything that has to do with being outside, I would love it, but I did not desire it. They was like, you're not going? I'm like, nah, mm-mm. I'm going to stand down here and watch in case I got to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. You always need that one person, you know. The, the- you you know I'm good for that. I'm the good well, friend that y'all, y'all should take me out with y'all because I'm going to make sure everybody get home safe. Because y'all going to be drunk and I will be sober. So, yeah, that's I am um, cautiously safe. And cautiously um, adventurous simultaneously. <laughs> we need more people like that because, honey, there have been a couple. That's that was the twenties, <laughs> exactly. So you know you got to change some certain things. You got to change about yourself. But no, oh, I, I didn't. I didn't desire. It. And even as I looked at them and their video and the pictures, I was really happy for them because I think that there's a freedom with facing fears like that like so I don't have a fear of it it's just not on my list of things to do like I love to travel so people who know me know that part about me I love 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 to travel and I love to travel to beautiful warm places like I don't have any desire to travel to cold places I just Uh, don't see and I can't wait to get to Iceland but I mean at this point I mean my passport is looking at me like hey what's up I'm like hey Yes, you might as well just put her in the in the drawer and call it a day, girl. Put her in the drawer because evident we ain't going nowhere no time soon. Yeah. Um, but I do love I love that. I love exploration. And right lately, as I become this solutions focused inventor, I am really loving um the exploration and discovery that science is. Like I just it feels like a natural thing to me, you know, just solving this problem or trying to figure out how overheating works and trying to make it more effective. All of those are things that I'm like, well, girl, who knew? And that's the beauty of not allowing yourself to be um, 
typecast by your resume. And to me, that's also black excellence because why should I only be limited to the things I've already done? So yeah, all all of those things are random facts about me. Like, oh, I'm a I'm a closet scientist now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Miss Shalisa McNeil Burgess, can you tell the listeners how they can reach you? They can reach me at my email um, or on all my social, all the social sites. So um, Priya Magnificent on Facebook, um, Freya, no, Freya Keep Your Cool at Facebook, Freya Magnificence on Instagram, or Shalisa, S-H-E-I-L-I-S-A at myfria.com. So uh, yeah, look me up and let's chit chat. And I'm happy to talk to people about this journey and um, even find more people to interview or to be on our show, The Pause, uh, because we have a show that's an online show and it's called The Pause, Reclaiming Our Time. And it's a platform where we discuss all things because I think women need a safe place and a safe space to have this conversation without judgment. Okay, now this is the last section of the, well, last segment, excuse me, of the interview. And this is called Rapid Fire. So Rapid Fire. Yeah, so I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say this. Okay. Favorite singer? Marvin Gaye. Favorite song? Come get to this. (laughs) Favorite meal? Macaroni and cheese. (laughs) You're the second one. The first guest, Diamond, same thing. He said uh, mac and cheese. Favorite person? Living or dead? <laughs> Either. Either. Um, well, my favorite person, well, I have two. I have two children, and they are probably my favorite people. Okay. And um, right now, and I got two grandkids, and they're my favorite people. So can you have, like, one favorite person that's actually four? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you be? Oh, my gosh. In a place that is, like, tropical and um, still has access to the conveniences that I have now. So everybody who knows me knows I love Florida and not because of the crazy people, but really because of the weather and typography. So uh, I guess I would say Florida because I really don't want to live in another country. I want to visit other countries, but I want to still live here. Okay. And favorite car? Anything Nissan makes, if you know me. <laughs> uh, but um, my favorite dream car, which is so hilarious to people, is a Mini Cooper. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I love them too. I swear, I do. I love them. They don't have I a always good thought resale that they were cute. value, though. That's the only thing. Their resale value isn't good because I've looked at them. I'm like, oh my god, they look so cute. They're awesome to drive, and I got the bad news and just. They may not, but I'm like, you know me, I don't usually resell my car. I drive my cars. And I love them. They also are made by BMW, so they're constructed well. But I just love those cute little cars. Me too. I don't have like a luxury car thing that I'm like, oh my God, I really need. I don't don't have those, that mindset. I want to live in a beautiful place, but I'm like, the car just got to get me from point A to point B and not be a hoopty. Shalisa, thank you so very much for your time today. This is so, 
This is fun. This is I am so grateful that you chose me to interview. Um, thank you so much, Maya. I appreciate your support and friendship. And I'm super proud of you, girl. Thank you. You are black excellence, my dear. Thank you again, listeners. That was Ms. Shalisa McNeil Burgess. As she said, please give us the information on how we can reach you again because you're on Instagram, Facebook, direct email. Tell us again, Ms. Shalisa. Shalisa, S-H-E-I-L-I-S-A at myfria.com. It's my email. You can reach us at Fria underscore Magnificence on Instagram or Freya, keep your cool on Facebook. And if you hit us on any one of those, we'll, you'll probably reach us <laughs> and we can tell you where else to reach us. You know, isn't it crazy that we have all these like, on Twitter? I think it's Freya, keep your cool. I have no idea because I have an intern that does that. <laughs> Look, it is what it is what it is i'm like <laughs> yeah listen i like mm, i got an email and that's probably the best way to reach me if you want to holler <laughs> i'm mad at you thank you again shalisa enjoy thank and just you. remember that you are black excellence my love thank you for listening. promoting black excellence thank you so much maya have an awesome day you too listeners that was miss shalisa mcneil burgess y'all take care and stay black